The Explore Oregon podcast is brought to you by the Statesman Journal, newspaper of Salem in the state capital since 1851. I'm your host, Zachar Ness, and in each episode, producer David Davis and I highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. In this edition, we're traveling to a riverside glen where pioneers, traveling by wagon train, used to hide out from storms below a gigantic rock. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, so this is the part of the podcast where normally I would start very dramatically talking about the place we were going to feature, but I want to take this chance to introduce a slight tweak to the Explore Oregon podcast. So this summer, instead of doing full 40-minute episodes that break down every detail of traveling to Oregon's best places, we're going to do shortened versions. Yeah, we're going to take more of a bite-sized approach to the Explore Oregon podcast. We're planning to pick two interesting places, ideally places you've never heard of before, or ideally with some connection, and feature why they'd be cool to visit. Yeah, if we do this right, we'll be able to publish more podcasts. It might not be as detailed as episodes in the past, where we literally like broke down the entire history and geology of Silver Falls State Park, but we hope to still spark some ideas for trips to places that really renew your love for Oregon. All right, let's get to it. In this podcast, we're going to focus on two places, House Rock Campground and Iron Mountain. Yeah, so one cool thing about this, I mentioned that we want to feature places that may have some connection, and the connection here is that these two places are fairly close to each other. So it's kind of nice to stay at House Rock Campground or one of the other little campgrounds nearby and then hike Iron Mountain, which, for my money, one of the best early summer hikes in Oregon. All right, so we're going to start off with House Rock Campground, and if you haven't heard of it, you're not alone. It's a pretty small campground, just one of those ones that's sort of on the side of the highway. I think there's about 18 sites there, not much to it. Yeah, so it's along the South San Am Highway, Highway 20, between Lebanon and San Am Junction. This stretch doesn't really get the attention of, say, you know, the North San Am or the, or the McKenzie area. Yeah, or the McKenzie area. It's sort of like tucked in the middle there mm-hmm. and is kind of overlooked just because there are world-class destinations just to the north and just to the south. So we talked about this. Remember, we talked about this because we were trying to come up with a theory of why this area along the South Sanium River just typically has a lot less people than just to the north and just to the south. And I think what we came up with is people from Portland will come all the way down and they'll go out to the Opal Creek and the Detroit Lake area. But that's sort of where they stop. And on the other hand, people from Eugene come up from the south, but they tend to just go up the McKenzie Highway. And so you've got the South Sanium, which is tucked right in between, which is sort of this sort of sweet spot. But it's not any less cool than those other places. Yeah, I think if you scratch the surface, there's plenty to see and do here. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now that we know where it is, what can we do when we get there? So the cool thing about House Rock is there's a lot of good things to do, even though it's just this kind of tiny little side-of-the-highway campground. And the best things to do there are going to be swimming and hiking. Now, like I said, a lot of the campsites are right along the South Sanium River, and what makes the South Sanium special is the swimming holes in the summer. Unlike the North Sanium, which is controlled by a dam and, you know, consistently a pretty high-flowing river, the South Sanium just pools up into all these great little swimming holes, little trickles and stuff like that, and so it's really accessible. And so when you're camping there, easy to just walk down the rock beach and jump into these little swimming holes. I brought a snorkel, and that was a lot of fun. There's great rock hounding there. So it's a cool place to just hang out with the family. 
As for hiking, there's a fantastic family one-mile loop that starts right there. So people, it's a good enough hike that people actually come just to do the hike. But if you're camping there, you can do it really easily. So it's a little one-mile hike that takes you out through just really lush Cascadian old-growth rainforest, basically. It takes you to a little waterfall. you got to scramble around to get to it. But, you know, I did it with my four-year-old daughter, and it was, it was just pitch perfect. And one of the fun things you can do there is look for house rock itself. House Rock was got that name because uh, this campground is right along the Sanium Wagon Trail. Do you want to talk about the Sanium Wagon Trail a little bit? All right. So this was actually a sort of trade route that ran from the central Willamette Valley all the way on up to... Central Oregon. It yeah. went all the way over to central Oregon. And the fun thing about it, so this was a, a wagon trail, and we always think about that in terms of like people coming out to Oregon. But the funny thing about this one is this was actually to take people from the Willamette Valley to Central Oregon for the pasture lands. And so it was just a, way, a new way of developing Oregon. Uh, it was developed during the 1800s, and it's no surprise that the uh, highway that was built, Highway 20, followed this old Sanium Wagon Trail. When pioneer families would come, they would specifically, if there was a big storm, they'd look for this rock, house rock, because I'm not kidding, this isn't just the size of a house, it's the size of like a very, very large house. And you'll, you'll notice it if you hike this trail, and it's where uh, pioneer families used to go and uh, get shelter from the storm, so to speak. Wild. Yeah. Like many other places, it's probably a good idea to grab a reservation before heading out there. Head on over to recreation.gov. Uh, reservations are $18 a night. Mm-hmm. But if you got a last-minute trip, there's walk-ups, right? There is walk-ups. And I am always going to err on the side of making the reservation, like if you're planning this trip. But if you're in the area and you want to just stop by, there are frequently walk-up campsites that are usually reserved. And like I said, um, almost all the campsites are good here. That's one of the really nice things about it. There's a few that are on sort of the wrong side of the road. They're still nice. But almost three-fourths of them have access to the South Sanium River, and that's that's pretty good if you're used to a state park experience where all the campgrounds are, you know, segregated and kind of and far away. away. Yeah. These are set, you know, right next to all the good stuff. Wild. Yeah. Uh, one final fun fact about um, House Rock, it's fairly near where they harvested uh, the 82-foot-tall noble fir. It was actually selected as the capital Christmas tree in 2018. It was harvested there in, I think it was like late November, early Mm -hmm. December, trucked all 3,000 miles back to D.C. and put on display on the west lawn of the White House. And that actually should give you a good sense of the forest out here. It's one of the underrated parts. People talk about, you know, Opal Creek is having this amazing old-growth forest. The South Saniums forest is just as good almost better in some cases. It's very got that very lush, Cascadian, mossy feel to it. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and move on now to the Iron Mountain hike. Yeah, so Iron Mountain is one of the best early summer hikes in the state, I think, bar none. It's pretty famous, so if you've heard of it, um, you know, you're not alone. But it's important to note that there's two different trailheads that kind of change the experience. One makes it a fairly, you know, easy-ish a uh, hike that is possible to do with family, and then there's a more difficult route that includes like a big loop and is more spectacular. All right, so to set the location, this is about a little over 10 miles uh, east of House Rock on Tombstone Pass, which, interestingly enough, kind of has a little bit of history behind its name. Um, there was a group of settlers on the sort of wagon trail that was heading out there. They had stomped overnight to camp, and that's sort of when tragedy struck. Um, the 18-year-old son accidentally was shot when he was reaching for his gun that was tucked between a couple bedrolls. 
um, his family placed a tombstone there in his honor. And his mother actually wrote some poetry that appears on the tombstone. So I had a weird reaction to this because on one hand, you know, you hear something like Tombstone Pass. That sounds foreboding. Like, And, you know, there's wagon trains going over it. You're like, wow, this must have been a really deadly, very difficult pass. So in one sense, it's, you know, slightly less dramatic. But then you read about, you know, it's a family of pioneers and, you know, their beloved 18-year-old son accidentally shoots himself. You know, because at that point, he was probably at the height of his sort of like productivity and, yeah. you know, like carrying the the weight of the family business or whatnot. Yeah. And to lose someone, that's pretty devastating. Yeah. And then, you know, you hear about his heartbroken mom writing poetry about him. And it's it's like on one hand, it's, it's sort of less dramatic than you expect. And then you learn the story and you're like, oh, oh, man, that's somehow almost worse. All right. So after that uh, sort of slightly depressing (laughs) note, what makes it cool? Right. So the Iron Mountain hike has got, you know, two things that I that I really love. It's got great wildflowers. So it's a set aside botanical area because it has something like 300 different species of wildflower up there. So you're going to see them blooming all over the place. It's actually handy to bring a nice little book while you're doing it so you can identify all the different kinds. And so you climb the mountain, whether you're starting at the bottom near Highway 20 or you're starting at the easier trailhead. And we have a story that breaks us all down. And you make it to the top, and there is a platform at the top. It's a spectacular view. It used to be the site of a forest lookout, which doesn't surprise anyone. But you've got views of Three Sisters, Mount Jefferson. But what sets it apart, again, is there's a platform there that was built. And this is great, especially if you have kids, because normally when you make it to the summit with kids, I mean, there's cliffs there, and you're sort of holding on to dear life, like trying to grab a couple summit pictures while making sure your kids don't like accidentally fall off a cliff and die. But here, you can just let them run around, and they get to actually enjoy the views because these are it's all railed in. It's all very safe and really great. So I brought my two- and four-year-old up here, and we just let them out of the pack. They, they ran around and had a really good time on the summit, and it was just it improved the experience so much that I can't even begin to describe it. So what's the peak season for the wildflowers there? late June and early July. So that's kind of, I think that's sort of standard for the Old Cascades because Iron Mountain is part of this region called the Old Cascades. It's like an older version of the Cascade Mountains. It's like almost a separate part of mountains. And it's much older, shorter, and they have much better wildflowers. They have a much more diverse forest. Like you'll get like Alaska yellow cedar, like all these types of trees and biodiversity you don't get you know, around Mount Jefferson and things like that you find in this old Cascades region. All right. So what should we know beforehand? Well, it's a fairly well-known hike. So you're not going to be there by yourself, almost certainly, and very much on weekends. It's worth getting up there a little earlier. That said, this we're not talking like dog mountain level, you know, slammed, busy, you know, crazy stuff like that. So it's worth keeping in the back of your mind, maybe get an earlier start. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have for on this episode of the Oregon Podcast. We hope this gave you some inspiration to perhaps put down the yard implements and uh, go ahead and head on out for a hike. Check out our previous episodes at statesmanjournal.com slash explore. And thanks for listening.